Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the Prop Swap Studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop Swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. All right, welcome back to The Fix, live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting uh, Radio. It is Wednesday, midweek. And the Carson Wentz talk is not going away. NFL Eagles insider John McMullen joins us now. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated at SI.com, and host of Extending the Play every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. right here on AM 1490. All right, John, I know you had a interesting article out today talking about Jason Kelsey and what he had to say about the whole situation so we'll get into that some injury updates Malcolm Jenkins return to Philly uh so plenty to get into here tonight I'll let you pick where you want to start yeah I I think Jason uh Kelsey uh was very interesting today and, and he usually is because he's uh an honest guy uh he's usually above board he's not going to give you uh, those cliched answers, sort of bull dorm answers, I, I, I always call them. He's a guy who's um, very retrospective, and, and, and he tells you the truth. And uh, he, he he laid down the truth uh, on the Eagles offense and just how bad it was. And I think, you know, probably the, the best quote is, he just said he never thought we'd be here with Carson Wentz, and I think that describes what I've been saying for months, really now. I, I never thought we would be here, and today was sort of the passing of the baton with Jalen Hurts taking over as the first-team quarterback, doing uh, the press conferences, uh, taking the first-team reps. Um, it's his opportunity now, and it's interesting. You know, we don't know. Uh, Doug Peterson talked uh, about, about not having a crystal ball. You know, we don't know. This could be a half. This could be the rest of the season. This could be the next decade. But it's an opportunity for Jalen Hurts. When you're on the field, you can seize a job, and we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty. I, I can't tell you what to expect with Jalen Hurts. I, I do know he's got a, uh, some – Difficult hills to climb. Uh, it starts with the number one defense uh, in, in the NFL this week, but it also, um, you know, spans to his own locker room and the fact that uh, he doesn't have great playmakers, and that's never a positive thing for a quarterback. So uh, at least it puts some juice into the season a little bit, and, and a little. I think people will be interested uh, to see what happens with. Um, a little bit of new blood in this offense. And I think it'll tell us a lot too. Is it, you know, is it how much is on Doug Peterson's shoulders? I think we'll be bit better able to understand that at least. 
I think if nothing else, you know, the comment from Kelsey of never thought we would be here regarding, you know, Carson Wentz getting benched, I think if nothing else, you look in that you look at that and say, you know what, maybe there's just been denial all around, even in the locker room over the past four or five weeks, and this decision is like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Things are really bad. How did how did we get here? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. You know, this is one of the things I go all the way back to April and the draft uh, choice of, of Jalen Hurts. And, you know, I think you saw the start of it today. There was a little bit, I don't think it was a, overt, but there was a little bit of a schism, and I think it was a generational schism. I th- think you saw the Jason Kelseys and the Fletcher Coxes of the, of the world defending Carson Wentz. And I think, you know, some of the young guys who don't have a history um, – with Carson and have essentially come in with Jalen Hurts or sort of Jalen Hurts guys. And that's why that's why NFL teams don't want two quarterbacks, right? And, yep. you know, you try to reinvent the wheel. You know, the wheel's been going for a long time. And <laughs> there's no use to reinvent it. Uh, there's a reason, you know, people make up cliches. Some of them are are a little bit more tortured than other ones, but all of them have a bit of truth. And that one about if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. That has run true throughout the history of the NFL. You know, people can talk about bridges and the rare times where you've had nary a hiccup, Joe Montana to Steve Young, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, Joe Montana and Brett Favre were superstars first ballot Hall of Famers. They were not threatened uh, by Steve Young and and, uh, Aaron Rodgers until it was time to move on. And then you say, okay, you're lucky. You had an aging quarterback uh, and you had a a great backup, Hall of Fame backups as well. But that's that's hindsight. That's, you know, nobody was saying – Oh, Joe Montana's got you. Got to bench Joe, uh, Joe Montana. You got to bench Brett Favre. Uh, only the idiots were saying that. Uh, so it's completely different. Do you think there's frustration between players and front office and management at all? Because Malcolm Jenkins had some interesting comments uh, today, so we can tie that into just the front office and the perception from the players. Uh, I would say more than interesting. I think he threw a bomb on Howie Roseman. Um, not the best Wednesday for Howie Roseman, and I'll, that's what I'm going to be writing about tomorrow on PhillyVoice.com. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he, he shined a light on what went on, and that light is directly on Howie Roseman. It had nothing to do with anybody else. Jim Schwartz earlier in this week, and this is what also happens with bad teams, you also want to kind of get out your side of the story. And, and, and Jim Schwartz uh, spoke so glowingly about Malcolm Jenkins, calling him the smartest player he's ever coached. Again, pointed out that he played seven, seven different positions. I can't say that em- uh, enough at times on his defense. And he said he knew all 11. That's how smart he was, uh, and, and that's how important he was. And for whatever reason, Howard Roseman – decided to move on and and by the way I I think you can make a strong argument that was the right thing to do because you know Malcolm's going to be 33 this month I think December 20th is his birthday it's going to be 
he's 33 years old. He's clearly a declining player. Um, but, you know, if you want to say that and you want to say, okay, we got to turn this roster over, well, then you can't bring back Jason Peters. Exactly. But you got you got to do more to get uh, uh, all Sean Jeffrey out of here. And even if you don't, even if you can't because nobody wants him and nobody wants him, you can't play him. You, you can't play him to make yourself look better. Um, so, you know, if 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 Howie was consistent and said, "No, I got to move on from Jason Peters. Uh, I got to move on from uh, these older players," uh, then I could I could I could give him a pass on on Malcolm Jenkins. But it's pretty clear that Jim Schwartz wanted him back, and it's pretty clear he could have helped this team. Um, and, you know, who knows? People talk about his outspokenness. Uh, maybe the Eagles wanted to clear his way because uh, he's such a, a powerful locker room presence. Uh, people have argued uh, they wanted to clear the way for Carson. Those are all rumors, you know, whatever. You can, you can take them for what they are. But Jim Swartz made it really, really clear that he loved Malcolm Jenkins as a player. And... This was a Howie Roseman decision, and, and, and Malcolm made that really clear. The more stories and reports that, that come out and shed light uh, on different things, as you say, John, as um, some light was being uh, shined on Howie Roseman today, it just feels like more and more like Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys now in Philadelphia, like Malcolm Jenkins. And this is all speculation, and I don't know if any of this is true, like you said, but... Malcolm's a big voice. Maybe he disagreed with some philosophies from higher-ups, and he was in the know, and all right, we'll get rid of him. And Jason Peters is buddy-buddy with Jeffrey Lurie. Like we know, he comes back. It's just the whole situation, man. It just it smells funny nowadays. It really does. Yeah, it does. I mean, I brought up Jerry as well, and they're just not as overt about it, but I've talked about Jeffrey Lurie being – uh, increasingly meddlesome, um, and the most notably with the coaching staff. Um, and, and it's not good. Uh, it, it certainly isn't. And, and we'll see now that, you know, everything works when you're winning. You, you can overlook things and say, uh, well, it's working. So even if I had a problem with it, uh, you know, you tend to go along with it. Uh, but when things are not working, and that's what I think you saw uh, on Monday with Doug Peterson saying, this is my decision. I'm going to do what I want to do because things are going poorly. And he's trying to signal, look, this, this isn't my fault. And Jim Swartz was trying to do the same thing. And this is what happens when you're 3-8-1. and one. Guys want to make it more clear that, look, I'm doing the best I can. I wasn't given what I was asked for or I'm not allowed to do what I want to do. It's they're signals. They're clear, clear signals. There's reports, and there's a lot of them right now, but Lincoln Riley to come in and coach Jalen Hurts, and Doug's <laughs> going to be out of here. John, I saw uh, Doug's going to get traded. I, I, I mean, can I project disaster on that right away? Yes, <laughs> you can. I, I mean, so I, I guess what I'm getting at is, what can you see taking place? in the off season, can you see a move like that being made? That would just confirm everything that we're speculating about. 
I, I would say, I mean, if they bring in Lincoln Riley, that just proves beyond a shadow of a doubt they didn't learn a damn thing when Chip Kelly was here. Uh, I mean, I, I, and that's not to say Lincoln Riley is obviously the same as Chip Kelly, but, uh, I mean, he is sort of that flavor of the month. Um, you know, I don't know if you've – paid attention to the Oklahoma defense, but I do know Lincoln Riley hasn't paid attention <laughs> to it. So, um, I, I, you know, you, you have another one of these almost Buddy Ryan in reverse coaches uh, who only pays attention to, to one side of the football. Uh, and people can say that uh, about, about Doug Peterson, but I, that's not what I'm talking about. Look, every head coach in this league has either an offensive or defensive background. And they give up the other side of the ball to a coordinator, whether, again, what, whatever their specialty is not. But they're also responsible for the entire team. And if things are going wrong, they step in and they, they become a CEO and say, look, this isn't working. we got to do this a different way, whatever. Um, you know, Doug is, 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 is that type of guy. Uh, traditional coaches are that types of coaches um you know chip kelly's of the world uh, lincoln riley's even sean mcveigh they don't even pay attention to what's going on uh you know to two-thirds of the team because you could add special teams into that as well talking with john mcmullen follow him on twitter at jf mcmullen host of extending the play every saturday morning right here on am 1490 10 a.m to 11 phillyvoice.com and sports illustrated at si.com let's take a a look at the saints here john and you've highlighted this over the past week or two the eagles defense actually isn't that bad and it looks like Taysom hill is going to remain the starter for at least one more week with the saints so as crazy as everything is right now i feel like there's maybe a chance for the eagles to get a win on sunday yeah, I mean, you know, you give the Saints credit. I, I, I would have went with Jameis Winston uh, to be the quarterback, but, you know, I think Sean Payton's invested in the Taysom Hill for some reason, um, and he wants to prove something. And, and you do have to give them credit. They've been winning football games, but they've been having to win them in a, in a different way. And, and obviously if you become a run-first team um, where you have really – subpar real deficiencies throwing the football um, other than catching the defense by surprise uh, generally you're going to play close games and if you play close games well think about it all you need is one or two bounces of the football to go the wrong way and a win turns into a loss so I, I do think you know if Drew Brees was back and he was healthy uh, I, I don't think the Eagles would have a chance, and you know what, to win this game. Uh, with Taysom Hill, I, I think there's a puncher's chance because it's, it's going to be close. The, uh, unless the Eagles completely give up, and I've seen no evidence uh, that the, the veteran leaders on this team are doing that, guys like Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox and uh, players like that, Brandon Graham and so forth, Rodney McLeod, they're not giving up. They're going to play. And uh, I, the Saints are just not explosive offensively with Jason Hill. And on offense now, just going back to the offensive side, how much is really going to change with a week of preparation knowing 
Jalen Hurts is the starter, not Carson Wentz. What can we expect to see different, if anything? Uh, I, I think it is going to be different. I think it's going to be more of the, as I said, the Nick Foles offense with uh, uh, the ability to run mixed in from the quarterback position on top of it. So it's going to be more uh, read option, uh, more zone read maybe because the quarterback can uh, run the football and it's going to be a, a one read offense. If, if, the, if the primary is not open, you know, either – in Jalen's case, you can you can tuck the ball and go and just run it, um, and and I think that's what the Eagles are going to go to, and you know it's worked in the past for them. We'll see if it works again, uh, but I think that's probably the best offense this team could run right now because um, the offensive line is what it is at this stage. They're not going to hold up for multiple seconds as you've seen all year for to go through second and third progressions. Uh, and, and Jalen, let's be honest, he's probably not capable of that as a rookie quarterback in the pandemic season uh, who hasn't gotten first-team reps until today. Um, so I think you're going to see a simple college-like offense. So, you know, if you want to see Lincoln Riley, you're going to get a, uh, a preview. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, injury update, John, as we're in the middle of the week. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, Fletcher Cox, interesting, is is, is dealing uh, with that neck injury. And uh, he, he didn't practice today, but it's pretty clear the Eagles are just trying to be um, – same thing happened last week, and, and they're just trying to get him through the week and get him to the game uh, completely healthy. Uh, and he even talked to us today. So, you know, injured players, if you're not going to play, you're not going to trot him out in front of the media. So that's a clear indication uh, that Fletcher Cox is going to go again. Uh, and, by the way, Fletcher stood up uh, and stood behind his tweet that he liked that said Carson Wentz should still be the quarterback. So that's where I get into that. Uh, generational schism in uh, library, you know, they have a number of hamstring injuries, and um, so the day-to-day players, uh, T.J. Edwards is one of them. Uh, Darius Slay with the calf and the and the knee. The, those are the players you got to keep an eye on. But still, kind of too early in the week. And uh, from what Doug said on Monday, it, it looks like uh, Slay is going to play. Uh, I'd be a little bit more iffy. Uh, on T.J. Edwards because hamstrings can be tricky, um, but nothing tremendously serious uh, as it had been earlier in the season. I want your thoughts on the Thursday night game tomorrow because the Patriots, I talked a little bit about this in the opening segment, and the job that Bill Belichick has done, not a surprise, uh, this season. The fact that that team is 6-6, six and six, and I think their defense is legit, but what they've been able to do. And now if they get a win tomorrow night, at least they still have playoff hopes alive. But I just want your thoughts on that matchup and in particular what Belichick has done. Yeah, I mean, he's done an amazing job. Uh, and, and that's been his MO, obviously, for a very long time, over two decades now. And I, I said the Patriots were going to win 10 games, but they were going to find a way. They're probably not going to get to that number, but they still have a chance. And it's pretty amazing. Uh, after how it looked early in the season, 
Um, and, and if you look at Cam Newton's numbers, um, they're not great. They're not spectacular. But, um, you know, they use his running ability. They find uh, ways to win football games. And that's what good coaches do. Um, you, you see it, you know, if you look on the other side, you see, uh, I, you know, Mike Zimmer starts one and five. All of a sudden, he's six and six. And you, and you look at the talent on those two teams, and you say, well, how are these teams in the playoff hunt? And that's why continuity matters. We always talk about it with Pittsburgh. Uh, and, you know, I tell every fan in the world because they want everybody fired. And, look, you can, you can justify firing Doug Peterson. You can justify firing anybody practically after this type of season. But I, I'll tell you, uh, continuity works in this league. You know, I, Field Yates uh, brought up, I, I think it was Field, brought up uh, people are thinking about Marvin Lewis um, uh, coming back to be a head coach in this league. Uh, and, and people chuckle at that because of the lack of success he had in the playoffs. Uh, nobody's coached more games than Marvin Lewis without winning a playoff game. But guess what? He made the playoffs seven times in Cincinnati. <laughs> and if you look at the Bengals before Marvin Lewis got there and after he left, you start to say, you know what? That guy was a pretty damn good coach. <laughs> right. So everything is kind of on a sliding scale. But I, I will say that sliding scale always, always points to continuity, and that's why I've been steadfast. I would not fire uh, Doug Peterson. If, if you want – now, he might want to leave on his own uh, because of what's going on. But if Jeffrey Glory says he wants to fire somebody, he's got to fire his buddy. He can't fire the head coach. Sticking with that topic, just head coaches and the impact and uh, everything else surrounding it, Sean McVay, and that ties into the game tomorrow night. Like, is Jared Goff a good quarterback or is Sean McVay that good? Like, I I go back and forth um, between those two things all the time. Like, are the Rams legit? How good is Sean McVay? How good is Jared Goff? Uh, that team is just hard to hard to identify right now. Some weeks you feel like they can come out of the NFC. Some weeks you feel like they're going to lose their first playoff game if they're in. Yeah, I, I mean they're they're a very good offensive team generally over a, a large span over a sixteen game season. Sean is a tremendous coach, but you kind of saw when they made the Super Bowl. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of adjustments. They kind of do what they do. So it's a lot of eyewash, a lot of 11 personnel. Uh, and, you know, people have termed it, I have termed it all the time, you know, Jared Goff is an exoskeleton for Sean McVay. You know, he's in his ear until the very last second telling him what to do. Uh, but, I mean, he does have tremendous arm talent. Uh, he can He can throw the football with a clean pocket. So he's like a lot of quarterbacks. I say it all the time. Uh, if everything else is good around him, he's going to be good. But if things break down, he's going to look really bad at times. And there's there's a ton of quarterbacks like that. There really is. Uh, the problem with Carson Wentz, he's in that category as well, is you shouldn't fall apart to the degree that he did. Uh, but, but Sean is a, a very, very good offensive coach. I, I think – the Rams made a big mistake, and 
getting rid of Wade Phillips and, uh, you know, because he doesn't pay attention to the other side of the football. So he needs uh, a Jim Swartz type. He needs a Wade Phillips type uh, who can put together a, a more representative defense. They're, they're, they have Aaron Donald, who's still the best player in the game, best defense, but I would argue the best overall football player in the NFL. And Jalen Ramsey, obviously, is a great corner. A little bit inconsistent, but uh, all corners get beaten this league. Um, and, again, Philadelphia fans don't seem to realize that. Um, but they are I, I don't think they're good enough defensively. And, you know, when, when Sean does come up against a, a, a Bill Belichick type, and there aren't a lot like that, I, I mean, he embarrassed them. And he didn't make adjustments. And until he gets to that point as a coach, it's hard to imagine them uh, winning unless they have amassed so much talent. And there's they don't have close to what they once had when they were in the Super Bowl. Last one for you, John. Your thoughts on the current state of the NFC East? Because the Giants, they're 5-7 and seven after starting 1-7. Washington just taking down the Pittsburgh Steelers. How good are those two teams, if they're even good? Well, the Giants are good defensively, and that kind of really snuck up on people really quickly. But they made a lot of good decisions, and this is why you don't have to tank in the NFL. You look at, you know, people are making fun of Dave Gettleman for bringing in James Bradbury. Well, they're not making fun of him anymore. For, for bringing in Blake Martinez. They're not making fun of him for that anymore. Uh, and that defensive line, it's interesting because that's the strength of both teams is the defensive line. And, and you could argue I think Washington has the most talented front uh, in the NFL, and I think um, the Giants are probably top five. That's how good they are up front. Um, so they're legit. Uh, defensively, offensively, uh, obviously Saquon Barkley was a huge hit uh, to them. Uh, they don't have great receivers. Uh, I, I think they expect to get Daniel Jones back this week, so um, that'll help uh, at least a little bit. But, you know, they have to win with their defense right now, and I think Washington is the same way. Uh, Alex Smith, we've talked about a great story, but, you know, if you look at Montez Sweat, uh, his play at the end of the game against Pittsburgh, he essentially won the game with the batted uh, batted ball. Um, they're great up front, and they struggle with playmakers. And, and now Gibson is hurt. Uh, they have Terry McLaurin, but they don't have uh, a ton of uh, other playmakers. Although I, I, you know, Logan Thomas is a great story. You know, the quarterback from Virginia Tech took him years. Uh, to turn into a tight end, uh, and and he looked great against Pittsburgh. He looked tremendous. Did you see that comment from um, Mike Tomlin? He was talking about Chase Young, but he said, I never want to lose enough games to ever even have the opportunity to get a football player like you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way winning coaches always think. I mean, they don't want to be up there. So, you know, you have this, that's what I mean, you have this, and and no one knows knows it better than Philadelphia because of what went on with the Sixers for all those years. Nobody thinks that way in the NFL from a coaching perspective, from a playing perspective. Nobody wants to tank for Trevor Lawrence. As, as easy as it might seem, and there's no question 
that would be the best thing for the New York Jets. And, you know, if they keep Adam Gase, they'll find a way to screw it up, but I can't imagine they'll keep Adam Gase. But, um, you know, it's easy to tank. It's not easy to to have consistent success. And, and there's that team again, Pittsburgh, 1968, three coaches. You know, if you have some time, look at Mike Tomlin's record. Look at the consistency of what he has built with that football team. It's pretty amazing. And even if you go back to last season, when everything went wrong at the quarterback position, you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback. You lose the backup. You're playing a guy whose first name is Duck. Uh, And they almost made the playoffs. Amazing. They almost made the playoffs. That tells you what they built in Pittsburgh. Uh, and ultimately, I, you know, I don't think they were good enough to be 11-0. and I think a little bit of that mir- was a mirage. But they're just a good football team. Uh, they're going to have a real difficult time, as anybody would with Kansas City. But overall, I mean, that's the organization. That is the organization every team in this league should be looking at to follow. You know, because, you know, you can say New England, but we've seen it. You can't replicate Bill Belichick. Can't. Right. You can't replicate Bill Belichick. You can replicate what Pittsburgh does. And the reason you know that is because they've done it for mm-hmm. 50 years with three different guys. It's true. It's a great point, and it's absolutely remarkable what they've done with Mike Tomlin, with Cower. Um, you know, since 68, it's just been, it's impressive. And I don't know if Philadelphia will ever get to that point. John and I will talk about it every night at 1030. Philadelphia Eagles latest news and notes. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com, and extending the play every Saturday morning right here on AM 1490, 10 AM to 11. All right, John, thank you, my friend. We'll do it again tomorrow. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Yep. There he is, Johnny Muck. And he's right. Just what the Steelers have been able to do for how long is that? 52 years, three coaches. And John brings up a good point regarding, you know, maybe they're not that good. Like, they're not 11-0. They're not the Kansas City Chiefs. But working hard keeping everyone in the locker room focused, good preparation, good consistent practices, an understanding of your role individually, collectively, all of those little BS things are very hard to keep consistent in the NFL. And if you have consistency in the important basic areas, you have a chance every single season, especially with a Hall of Fame head coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.